0: Open your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. I've been looking forward to this study, been looking forward to this night, starting Wednesday night studies up again. Always a great blessing to gather through the midweek. As Brother Dave said, it's an oasis. This is an oasis for us. The world's a desert. It's a desert, and this is a place where we can come amongst brethren and be refreshed and sit and listen to the gospel and rejoice in the wonderful truths in the scripture that point us to the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 17, the name of the message is the High Priestly Prayer, and this will be the first message. It'll be an introduction, in a sense, to the study, but it'll be a full message about John 17. And we'll begin this study tonight in John 17. It's, it's a portion of scripture that's much beloved by God's people as we get a glimpse into the communion of Christ and the Father in prayer. And remember, Christ always had this communion. But remember, there was a time when he cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God the Father forsook Christ so that we would never be forsaken. What a great God. Oh, what a great and glorious God. But we get a glimpse here into the intercession of Christ for his people as well. And our Savior, he's about to go to the cross. This is a few days before his death upon Calvary's cross, just as we're going through the book of Matthew currently in the resurrection series, and this weekend we'll be at the crucifixion. These are days before his death. Days before he goes to the cross and dies as the Passover lamb to save his people from their sins, to save us who have sinned against God. And remember, he's offering himself up to God for us in our room and place. Wonder of wonders that God incarnate in the flesh would do that and again we're going to get a good a glimpse into the blessed communion between the son of god jesus christ god in the flesh and god the father we're going to get a glimpse into the communion that our lord had with the father all through his life remember this communion was unbroken during his life until he died on the cross again when the when he cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But now he's with the Father, isn't he? In glory. And we're going to see that prayer answered as well in this wonderful text the fact that he's in glory. And it's wonderful as a pattern of intercession. We will see Christ first praying to the Father about himself, and then we'll see Christ praying for the apostles. And then at the end of the, the chapter, we see Christ praying for us, for God's elect, for those who would believe through the preaching of the gospel. And as believers, this is, this is, I, I feel like this is one of those chapters where, where we feel like, Moses, take off your shoes. <laughs> You're on holy ground. Now, all scripture is holy ground, isn't it? But, and and I, th- this scripture just is very dear, very very dear for us because we hear our Lord praying for us. And this is him as the high priest as well, too. Remember that he'll be, he'll be talking as the one offering himself up, but this is also the great high priestly prayer. Again, where he's interceding for us before the Father. My, oh, my. And remember who's speaking. Remember who's praying. This is God incarnate in the flesh. He's praying. And he allowed his disciples to hear this so that it could be recorded. I was reading several commentators, and they said, don't let it slip by the fact that Christ allowed his disciples to hear this. And what a blessing it was for them. And we're going to find out why it was such a blessing for them. My, oh, my. God incarnate in the flesh. And this is his high priestly prayer, the, the, the prayer of the great high priest. And he prayed this again just before he went to the cross and to the tomb. And now is at the right hand of the Father. Something to take note of as we read this chapter in a few minutes is there are 26 verses in this chapter, 26 verses. And as we read this chapter, we're going to read the whole chapter to start. As we read this chapter, take note of how much our Lord speaks of those whom the Father has given him. And when you hear that as a believer, remember, that's you and I. He's praying this 2,000 years ago. And when he says, those that you've given me, that's you and I, beloved. Just think about that as, as we read this portion of Scripture. Because when he speaks of those who the Father has given him, he's speaking of all the elect of all the ages. And take note how many times were mentioned. We don't know who they are, do we? We don't know who God's elect. We have no clue. Anyone who tells you they know who they are, they're lying. We have no idea. But I'll tell you what, they're going to hear the word. And they're going to believe. All by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. All according to the Father's will and all because of the sacrifice of Christ. They shall be saved. There won't be one of them. There won't be one of them that's left behind. They're going to receive the word of God with gladness. I ask you, have you received the word of God with gladness? Is it wonderful to you now? Is it a balm to your soul now? Wasn't before, was it? Before the Lord saved us. No, but now, oh. So let's start reading this. We're going to read the whole chapter here. John chapter 17, verse 1. has sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifest thy name unto the men which thou hast gavest me out of the world. And thine they were, and thou gavest them me. And they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them. And have known surely that I come out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. All, and all are mine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep thou thine own name, those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world. They might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hateth them, because they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their word. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. That they may be one, even as we are one. I and them, and thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou lovest me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O oh, righteous Father, The world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known thee that that thou hast sent me. And these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and I will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. My, oh my, what a portion of Scripture, beloved. What a portion. Now, in the preceding chapter, chapter 16, before this high priestly prayer, our Lord had preached a sermon to his people. And he was telling them that the comforter will soon come. He said, I must go so that the comforter will come. And he also told them that you're going to face persecution. But your sorrow is going to be turned into joy. And he comforted his disciples by telling them also that he had overcome the world near the end of john 16 he says i have overcome the world what great peace that will give us as believers all through these things that go on in this world our lord's overcome them all nothing catches him by surprise look at john 16 31 after he's told them about these things in chapter Sixteen he asked them a very important question. Jesus answered them do you do, do ye now believe and that's a question for all of us, right? we've heard the gospel, do you now believe by god's grace, I believe right and look what he says, and then he tells us two reasons for these words of his sermon, and let these sink deep into our souls. We who are the redeemed of the Lord this is Honey for our souls. Look at the last two verses. Look at verse 32 and 33. Behold, the hour has come. Yea, is now come that she shall be scattered. Every man to his own and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken. Look Look why he spoke these things to them in John 16. And remember, this is a preface. This happened right before John 17. So when they would hear these words of John 17, oh, what peace would flood their souls. Because look what he says here. These things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace. In the world, you shall have tribulation. It doesn't say you might. God's people will have tribulation in the world. Look at this. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He's overcome the world, beloved. My, oh, my. So after finishing his sermon, the Lord Jesus Christ here follows it up with prayer, the high priestly prayer in John 17. And we see he first makes the subject of it personal in relation to himself. This prayer is actually split up into three sections. The three sections are a prayer concerning himself, a prayer concerning the apostles, and a prayer concerning the church, all the elect of all the ages. It's broken up into three sections, and as we go through, we're going to do it verse by verse, I hope, or a couple of verses at a time, but we're going to take our time going through this. Really take our time going. There's so much packed into this chapter. It's absolutely incredible. And again, the communion of the Lord Jesus Christ is brought forth before us. The communion that he had with the Father. Look at verse 1. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, Now he, you can just hear the intimacy of that relationship. Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. So we see his first desire is that God the Father would glorify the Son. Why? That he might glorify God. See, he's here. He came to this world for the glory of God. God is glorified in the salvation of sinners through Christ. His first and foremost reason for coming is to glorify God and to save his people from their sins. And in saving his people, God's glorified, isn't he? And he's not just glorified by Christ. He's glorified by us, by our mouths. Praise his name for what he's done. Oh, my. It's incredible, beloved. It's absolutely incredible. And note, he didn't say glorify me that I may glorify thee. No, he says glorify thy son. Thy son. So he's talking about the relationship that they have. Is God the Father, God the Son? We know and God the Holy Spirit, the three are one. He's talking about the relationship that they have. And remember, he's in submission to the Father while he's on this earth. He's submitting to the will of the Father, but His will is the same as the Father's. We're going to see that later on when we go through the, near the last section about us as, as the church. His will is the same as the Father. My, oh, my. So our great Savior here is, is bringing forth His intimate relationship with the Father when He says, Thy Son, Thy Son. Prayer is very personal, very personal, and he he expresses a desire to maintain that sense of relationship at the hour of his coming death. He says, "The hour has come. Glorify Thy Son, that the Son may glorify Thee." He knows the cross is right before him. Time's closing fast. Time is pressing fast. What did he say in the garden? Not my will, but thy will be done. Why? Because he, he, he's here to glorify the Father. And again, here be glorified. The Father will be glorified in the salvation of sinners. Sinners that we saw the Father gave him. My and again, notice how personal this is. Glorify thou me with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. He's expressing his desire for a return to that of which he emptied himself of. He set aside his glory, didn't he? When he came to this world. He set aside his glory to come to this sin-cursed world to redeem our eternal souls. My, what love, and it's a love, it's the eternal love that drove him here, drove him to come here for us, to save our souls. People always talk about getting saved from hell. Well, I need to be saved from my sins. Hell is a result of my sins. I need to be saved from my sins. That's what's most important, and and the scripture says, the scripture says, he came to save his people from their sins. That's what we need to be saved from. My, no one wants to go to hell. I've not met anyone yet who wants to go there. Not one. My or oh mine. So he has a desire to return to the glory of which he set aside when he came to this earth. And you know what? The only, the only way of returning. To glory. The only way is through the cross. That's the only way. Through the cross. That's what the Father's willed, right? That's what he sent down here to do, to save His people from their sins. So He must go to that cross. He must die. Remember, He knows the end from the beginning, He knows what lies ahead, He knows exactly what's going to happen. He's God in the flesh. My. Then from verse 6 to 19, he prayed for the men who were then about him, the apostles. He prays to the Father. Look at verse 6. He prays to the Father the work he's already done for them. He's manifested his name to them. Look at John seventeen six. I have manifest thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now notice this. Notice. Which thou gavest me out of the world. We're cut from the same rock as everybody else. We're hewn from the great quarry of mankind, aren't we? And the only one who made us to differ is God. God. Oh, look at that. And it says, Thine they were, and thou gavest them me. Again, we see the Father's given him a people. And this is talking about the apostles here, Law. And they have kept thy word. Well, he has only one name Yahweh, Jehovah. That's his name, Jehovah. My, oh, my. I have manifest thy name. And this first group of men are Hebrews. The apostles are all Hebrews. And they knew that God had one name. They knew that God had one name. God had said, this is my name, a memorial name to all generations, Jehovah. Now they know him. Now they really know him. They may have heard of him by the ear, right? Which one time we heard of him by the ear. And the Holy Spirit made that word effectual. Oh, my, now we really know him. Or, as Paul wrote, our knowing of God. He's always knowing us. Isn't that wonderful? And Jesus says here, I have manifest thy name to them. He has interpreted the meaning of the prophetic name that thou took for thyself a long time ago. He says, I have manifested thy name unto the men thou gavest me. Now, they had no, by no means reached a full understanding of who God was. No, not at all. Just as we haven't. We only know what's being revealed to us. But we're growing in the knowledge of Christ, aren't we? And the more we grow in the knowledge of Christ, the more in all we are of who our God really is. And that's all by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. They knew that he was the word of God. John, the apostle penned, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That's speaking of the word of God in all his glory in heaven. Right? And then later on it says, and the word became flesh. He set aside his glory and dwelt among us and we beheld the fullness of who he was. My, oh my. He set aside his glory to save us from our sins, beloved. My, oh my. Now he expresses three desires for his apostles. He, expi- he expresses three desires for the Father, to the Father for His Apostles. Number one, to keep them in Thy name. Number two, that they may be one even as we are. Or that's number number one. Keep them in thy name that they may be one even as we are. Number two, keep them from evil. And number three, sanctify them in the truth. Look at John 11, 17, 11. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. So Christ is going to send the glory and he's going to leave his apostles here. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep thou thine own name, those whom thou hast given me, that they may be as one as we are. Keep them, Lord, please. Please, Father, keep them. And then look at verse 15. He says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. There's the second desire. And then the third desire in verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. My, oh, my. And note the first desire of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the apostles is, keep thou thine own name, those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. And then the other two desires that Christ is praying for his people, for, for those who believe through his word, when he says, neither I pray for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. My, oh, my. Our Lord Jesus Christ is bringing forth that if the Father keeps them, then they shall be kept from evil and they shall be sanctified by the word of God. Then in verse 20, we see the Lord praying for his people. This is the third section that this high priestly prayer is broken into. Look what he says in verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, meaning the apostles, That's who he was praying for in the second section. But for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Now this hits us. He's speaking of all the the elect of all the ages. Those who would hear from the New Testament. Those who would hear the gospel through the preaching of the apostolic truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That salvation is absolutely complete and finished in Christ. Look at that. Neither pray I for these alone but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, through the preaching of the gospel. And again, this is all the Christians, all the New Testament Christians, all the members of the church of God, and all who are members of the one church are so because they've been born again by the Holy Spirit of God. That's the only way we're in the church. The only way we're, we're in the body of Christ is to be born again by the Power of the Holy Spirit of God. Now we believe because we've been born again. Because we're granted faith. And then look at, let's read all of John 20, or John 17 verses 20 to 26. Considering this third section, which is the church. Neither pray I for these alone, being the apostles, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word as thou hast loved me. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Just let that sit and sink in, beloved. Meditate on this wonderful truth here. The Lord Jesus Christ just said, just said here, Be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Now, if he's loved Christ from the foundation of the world, which he has... Has he not loved all who were chosen in him from before the foundation of the world? Oh, don't let that pass you by, beloved. That's a nugget of truth that, that, that'll just bless your soul. And then he says here, O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee. We are at enmity with God in our natural state. We do not know God in our natural state. But I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. He's revealed himself to them. And he's revealed to them that Father sent him. Oh, my. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, The love that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Well, here for his whole church, Christ has one desire for his whole church in one determination. One desire in this portion and one determination. Here's our Lord's desire in verse 21, and just let this sink in. Oh, this is wonderful. Speaking of us, that all, that they all, meaning all that the Father gave him, every single believer, not one lost, right? He said, all that the Father gave me shall come to me. Right? And I, yeah, he won't lose any of them, will he? Not one of them. Look at this. Look at this. This is wonderful. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. Oh, that's, that's a prayer of the high priest. He desires that all believers would be one with him and the Father. Well, he's the head, isn't he? And where the body, where the head is, the body soon falls, right? <laughs> Henry Mann said, that I'll never forget that. That's a wonderful saying. Where the, where the head is, the body will soon follow. We're going to be in glory with Him. Oh my. We're soon, very soon, in, in, our, in, in God's timing, we don't know when it is, but we'll either be in glory with the Lord Jesus Christ when we die, or if we're alive at His coming, we'll be caught up. My, oh my. But our lives are like vapor. And I'm 58 this year, and I look back when my son was born and my, my daughter was born, and it just seems like yesterday, beloved, that I held them in my arms. And now they're both a young lady and a young man. My goodness. Adults now go so quickly, so quickly it, it passes by. Now think of this, too. We know that Christ has a vital relationship with the Father, right? This also speaks of the vital relationship he has with us. He desires us, we his people, we his purchased people, to be with him forever. Forever. What a vital relationship that the Father has with the Son, and what a vital relationship that we have with the Son, and that we have with the Father through the Son. And it's all according to the will of God. And it's all by the power of God. We did not put ourselves in Christ. God put us in Christ. God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. My, oh my. Men so arrogantly think they could put themselves in Christ? No. god That's God's business. That's God's work. We're receivers of this mercy and grace. And salvation's of the Lord, isn't it? From, from start to finish, it's all him. We see that even here. When the son's praying, I want them to be with me. My, oh, my. One in life, one in light, one in love, one in unity, one in manifestation of being born again by the Holy Spirit of God. One in love, all according to the power of the Holy Spirit of God. That's what his people are in Christ. Now, let's look at the determination. I said there's one desire, and we're going to finish this with the one determination. Look at this. Look at verse 24. I didn't see this until I started studying this, and I had to put this in. I was just amazed. This is incredible. Remember, remember who's speaking here. This is God in the flesh. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Can anyone hinder his hand? So if God determines to do something, it's going to be done, right? If the son determines to do something, it's going to be done. If the father determines to do something, it's going to be done. If the Holy Spirit determines to do something, it's going to be done. Now look at this. Look at this determination brought forth in John 17, verse 24. Look at this. Father, I will. That's the Son of God saying I will, that they, also, which, that they also whom thou hast given me be with me, where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. See the word I will, the two words I will. In the Greek, it's one word. It's defined as I determine. I determine that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory which thou hast given me for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world." Our Lord is proclaiming his will. He is determined that his people will be there. That's God the Son saying that. That's no mere man. And remember, he spoke this in the presence of the apostles so that they would write this down. And here we are marveling at the fact that Christ said, I'm determined that they're going to be with me. That's no mere man saying that, is that? You know, we can can say, I'm determined to do that, Right? Our Lord his will he's determined it will happen nothing's too hard for him is it no one can stay his hand no one can say what do, what are you doing lord no one can say that so let this sink into our hearts father i have determined that they also whom thou hast given me be with me oh my i get so excited when i saw that Where? Where I am. He's going to glory, beloved. He's going back to glory. That they may behold... Why? That they may behold my glory. You know how Peter and James and John got a little glimpse? We're going to see him face to face in his glory. We are going to see him, beloved... The minute we breathe our last breath, we're going to see him face to face because he's determined for us to be there. Oh, amen. eh? It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Wonderful. This is my determination. This is my decision. This is my will. That They shall be with me in glory and they will behold my glory. And this is, this is all of us. This is the apostles, all of us, the saints before the New Testament, everyone. We're going to behold his glory. Remember, Job said, I, I heard of you, but now by faith I've seen you. And then one day when these, this body's consumed, I'm going to see you face to face. That's true for every one of us who are Born again, blood washed saints of God. Look at that, that they may behold my glory. That's going to happen. Think of our loved ones who passed. Right now, they are beholding the glory of God. I think of Brother Calvin. He's beholding the glory of God. Brother Wayne. He's beholding the, the glory of God. but Brother Richard and Sister Irene, they're beholding the glory of God. Right now. My. And we'll soon be with them. In, in God's time, our life's nothing. Millisecond. But oh, my. My. Behold my glory. Where's that? Well, go back to what he was saying about himself. He's going to the cross and through the cross, he's he's going to the cross to glorify God, and then to what? To return to glory. And have the glory restored to him that he lay aside. And we're going to see him. We're going to see him, beloved. He was going. We're going to see him in the glory that he had. Before his humiliation. Because he humbled himself, didn't he? He became a man. To save us from our sins. And marva this, he's praying for all his people. In this prayer we see here, he's praying for all, this section here, he's praying for all his blood-washed saints. That they would be in glory with him to behold his glory glory which the Father has given him. And he says, look what he says to the Father's love. For thou hast lovest me before the foundation of the world. That's eternal love. And see, God doesn't change, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if his love has been set upon Christ since the foundation of the world, his love has been set upon those who are in Christ from before the foundation of the world. Oh my. And we say, Me? Me? Yeah. My. It's God's will. It's the Lord Jesus Christ's will. And we see here his determination that we would be with him in glory. And the only way that's possible is through the cross. Remember, as he's praying this, he knows what's coming. He knows what's coming. Going to the cross and dying in the room and place of his people, having his nails hammered to that cross, or his hands hammered to that cross with nails, his feet pierced. They plaited a crown of thorns upon his head. He had blood pouring from his... And they say, I know that from a head wound, it bleeds even more than any other wound. So blood, he must have just been covered in blood, beloved. Scripture says his visage was so marred. Oh my, what our our Lord did for us. And then after all that, he's placed upon that cross and and the wrath of God's fallen on him. In three hours of darkness, we don't know what happened there. And then at the end he cried, it is finished. And Paul wrote, And heaven obtained eternal redemption for us. He fully satisfied the demands for the payment of our sins by the sacrifice of himself. And remember again who's praying this prayer. I'm going to end with this. Remember who's praying this prayer. It's God in the flesh. It's the word of God. It's the second person of the Trinity. And what he determines will come to pass. Hallelujah.